The Everyman Podcast. Everyman. Big Dog Daryl Campbell. Jay. What's going what up, on, baby? How you doing? Uh, you know, every every man, every day, every way. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. We're getting That's there, man. We're it. getting close. We're coming in hot on a year. Um, we're uh, we're clanging and banging. Another another week, another great interview. Uh, this time we've got uh, guitarist, professional guitarist extraordinaire, the, the man uh, from Houston, Texas, uh, Travis Levere from Entheos. Mm-hmm. Great guy, huh? Great guy. Awesome guy. You know what? Everybody that jumps in the cosmic canoe, Brother Jay, they're all great people. And, um, you know, Travis is every bit indicative of that. So I'm telling awesome. you, man, this this network the, of uh, people that uh, associate with the BT BAM crew, you know, the BT BAM crew, the Anthea's oh, yeah. crew, the Jamie Kings of the world. I mean, these, oh, these yeah. are all high level elite people here. Yeah, and, dude. Uh, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to have somebody of... Uh, of that character and uh, class on on the show, and I, I really appreciate his time today. So we're going to get to that here in a minute. And uh, before we get to that, uh, you know, we have to talk about something that's a little somber because um, yeah. it's uh, it's a big it's a big piece of news, and uh, we saw it right before we got on here. And that is, of course, um, Kobe Bryant passed away um, tragically with his with his thirteen year old daughter uh, this mm-hmm. afternoon, and. Um, it's one of those things where it's like obviously we don't we don't know the guy, um, but he was such an impact on growing up, just being a being a sports fan. Oh you yeah, five time oh, NBA yeah. champion, eighteen time All Star, NBA MVP, two time Olympic gold medalist. Um, not to mention, you know his his philanthropy and uh, you know his, his his his. I mean, he won an Academy Award for best short film a couple years ago. Yeah, um, this guy was—I mean—doesn't get more of an everyman than uh, than Kobe. Yeah. Yep. R.I.P. to him, man, and his daughter. Um, as always, and you know, you know this, brother Jay. Like you know, um, we, we talk about positivity. We talk about you know everybody kind of galvanizing and, and and being all in one on one accord. But uh, the the other thing that we talk about is just kind of value in life and the time that you do have and. Um, you know, hey, big shout outs to his family, you know. Yeah, I, I can't imagine uh losing, you know, losing a father and a husband and daughter all in, in one shot like that. Not to mention, you know, there was there was other individuals uh involved and you know, um, I'm sure by the time this this podcast airs that uh, there'll be a lot more information, but uh you know, for now, we just uh, you know, extend our our best and our our well wishes to the Bryant family and mm-hmm. you know, uh, everybody out there that's a Kobe fan. Um, you know, everybody's, everybody's feeling this one for sure. For sure. For sure. With that, uh, with that being said, um, you know, great interview this week with Travis Levere from Entheos. Um, this is a guy that, uh, steps into many different roles, established bands, um, that are all playing at a high level with, with world-class, um, musicians at the helm. And he, he steps in, in a, in a, way that's very admirable and uh I, I i really respect his ability to to uh jump in and adapt and and be such a you know elite professional so it's it's really cool to have him on the show and you know uh obviously we've had naveen the drummer uh you know slash host of the copper crab 
podcast uh, on uh, episode 36 there in the archives. You can check that out. This mm-hmm. week is, is Travis. Check out their, their EP. It's on Spotify. Uh, they're, they're full length and everything. Uh, Dark Future is the most recent album. Uh, give that a listen. And in a couple weeks coming up, we've got their vocalist and front woman, Miss Cheney Crab, is coming on the show. And uh, really looking forward to that. Next week, Daryl is going to the Super Bowl to see the Chiefs and the Niners. Clang it and bang it, clip it and drip it. We're going to see what happens. We're going to tell you all about it. Daryl's going to tell us all about his Super Bowl experience. And then, friends and family, it is a one-year spectacular. One year. So Flaming it up. Get ready. Flaming it up. Get hard. It's coming in hot. And uh, with that being said, brother, let's kick it to our interview with Mr. Travis LeVere. Let's get it. Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is a professional musician, the guitarist of one of my favorite bands, live from Houston, ladies and gentlemen, Travis LeVere. Travis, how you doing, brother? Hey, Justin, how's it going? Yeah. Going well, man. Good to have you here. So, like I said, you're you're the uh, guitarist to Entheos. Uh, people might know you from a bunch of different ways, so why don't you tell us where you are, what's up, and a little bit about, about yourself. Sure. Um, well coming at you from Houston, Texas, and I've been a guitar player for about, I mean, let me see, this year will be 15 years I've been a touring guitar player and played in, uh, or toured with four different groups now, but um, most people probably have known me from my old band, Scale the Summit, and uh, which was, I was in for about 10 years before I started jamming with Entheos, so yeah. And and if if you're you're not sure, Travis is uh, about my age, so he's been on the road for like half his life. He's he's being humble. This guy this guy's been on the scene since he was uh, like 16 years old, 17 years old or so, right, bud? No, 20 years old. Yeah. Well, might as well, man. That's it's it's uh, it's awesome. And uh, of course, like you said, um, you know, Scale the Summit was was one of the first places I I, I knew about you and. You know, we're going to talk about it later, but the first time I, I had seen you was with uh, Dream Theater. You know, you were out on the Progressive Nation tour years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, to kind of circle all the way around, it's kind of cool how, how things work out. So, um, you know, Naveen uh, Copperweiss is a buddy of mine, and uh, same thing, I've been kind of floating around in the same circles with him over the years, and uh, we had him on the show previously. Uh, you guys can check that out in the archives there, episode number 36. And uh, we were just hanging out at Nam last week, uh, all of us. And I was like, yeah, you know, Travis is coming on the show. He goes, my Travis? I was like, yeah, man. He's like, oh, that's great. I love him. He's a great guy. So, uh, yeah, a couple, like I guess a couple weeks ago, you, uh, you were on the road with Intervals. And uh, I uh, was seeing Between the Barry to Me at the Fillmore and uh, caught your set. Didn't realize you were playing with Intervals. And I'm, I'm poking around, talking to Paul. I think we interviewed Paul that day. And. And I see you walking. I'm like, oh, what's he doing here? And Dusty was like, oh, he's, you know, he's with intervals. So how did you, um, how long have you been on the road with them? And, and how'd you kind of get into that gig? Sure. Um, well, <clears throat> I met Aaron. Long story short, Scale of Summit played some shows with intervals up in Toronto, uh, where they're from, kind of as they were first starting out as a band. Uh, Scale was touring and we would come through Toronto pretty frequently and did really well there. And a couple of times, Intervals hopped on the show. And like I said, they were just getting started, but kind of like really making a name for themselves and hadn't quite started touring yet. But I remember the first time I, I heard them play, 
I was like blown away. I was like, damn, these guys are awesome, you know? And uh, anyways, so they had just put out that in, in time EP. So like I said, we, we met each other then, played a couple shows, kept in touch. Uh, shortly thereafter, you know, Interval started touring, and anytime they would come through Texas, and I was not on tour myself, I would go check out the show, you know, and, and hang out and <clears throat> and uh, just do that. And then, let me see, yeah, so just kept in touch with Aaron, you know what I mean, uh, over the years, and was a fan of of uh, his guitar playing and then the music of Intervals. <clears throat> and then, like in late 2017. Uh, Entheos was on tour with Whitechapel and he had hit me up to possibly fill in for a tour which is kind of seeing if I would even be interested and possibly available and it didn't work out timing wise you know Entheos was was busy we had just put out Dark Future we had our own plans of tours coming up so it didn't work out but it was cool that you know he hit me up to to even be considered and and to see and uh, I'd let him know that like you know if there was another opportunity like I would be down you know what I mean and uh Sure enough, he hit me up over the summer in June, and um, yeah, it just worked out. Entheos didn't have any touring plans of our own. We were kind of winding down our album cycle, and the way it worked out is like he he was actually calling me. It's kind of a little bit of a funny story. I was just at my day job working, right? I was getting ready to leave for Entheos tour <clears throat> um, in a couple weeks, and he had texted me and for whatever reason, I didn't have his phone number saved in my phone. It was just said, Hey man, it's Aaron. Hit me back when you get a chance. And for whatever reason, like I said, I was busy at work, you know what I mean? And it didn't click to me who Aaron was right away. So I'm kind of like thinking in my hand, like Aaron, Aaron, who the the heck is Aaron? Is some guy I met on tour? You know what I mean? And then before I had a chance to hit him back, he hit me up on Facebook. And of course it's Aaron Marshall. And he's like, Hey dude, you know, hit me back, whatever. And I was like, Oh, duh. So pretty much right then I knew like, he's not hitting me up for no reason. He's got, got to tell me something. And he was like, look, man, here's the deal. Um, I've got two things. First thing is, four shows in India <laughs> and one of them, one of them's a festival. It's this big thing called NH seven weekender and then three club shows. And I'm getting a little bit of pressure to confirm with the festival people. And I'm just kind of realizing that, you know, Sam and Thomas is two guys that he usually alternates between for a second guitar. Um, both weren't going to be available. So he, I guess he thought of me and, uh, you know, hit me up. So, um, it just worked out. So I ended up saying yes to that. And then he's like, look, you don't, I don't know if you can do it afterwards, but I've got this other tour right after with Sean and BT Bam. And I go way back with the BT Bam guys. They're some of my good friends. <clears throat> and I've known Sean for a while too. And I'm also fans of those two bands. So it's like, oh yeah, of course I want to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> uh, we were able to work it out, you know, and, um, I ended up coming on for, for both of the tours that were, ended up being back to back. So it was like seven weeks total. Um, I think 35 shows we did. Wow. That's awesome. And you know, Mm, Daryl, that's, that's what we hear all the time, right? Which is, you know, these guys that, uh, putting yourself out there, staying in that, that networking game and then being prepared, right? Always, always, always gotta be prepared. I'm, I'm really curious as to, um, like, what was it like seeing intervals being blown away by them and then filling in? Like, what was that like? <laughs> uh, Daryl, it's pretty cool, man. It's uh, I've been really fortunate to play with, you know, 
some really amazing musicians and a yeah. handful of different bands. I've been, I feel really lucky. But um, one thing Aaron did tell me on that conversation when he called me to, to kind of like tell me the situation, offer me the spot was um, it's like, yeah, man, you know, I know a lot of people could play it, but you know, that's not all it is. <clears throat> and what he means by that is just like being able to, <clears throat> to, to hang on tour. You know what I mean? Is really what he means. Yeah. He, we've spent enough time around each other, even though we've never toured together, we had spent enough time around each other to know that like we can get along. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really an important thing. Uh, I feel like you got to just be able to, to get along with the people you're jamming with and like have a good time when you're not on stage because really the on stage part is just such a small little portion of the day. You know what yeah. I mean? So <clears throat> I guess that's kind of gone a long way for me. Um, that's kind of how I got the Entheos gig too is um, <clears throat> I went way back with Naveen and Evan and uh, met those guys in 2004 and never toured together, but spent enough time together, you know, going to each other's shows, played a few shows together way back in the day in Texas. Um, but yeah, they just knew that I could play and I was active and had hung around en enough. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, Travis, Travis pretty chill. You know what I mean? That's nice. And, yeah. <clears throat> but <clears throat> I will say with the intervals thing, uh, being a fan, like his music is super catchy. You know what I mean? It, so working through all the material, I had to learn an hour worth of material to perform in India. And then in the States, it was cut down to just half an hour for that uh, Chan Between the Bear to Me tour. Yeah. But working through the whole hour set was like so much fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, I was really like, it was just, it was great um, being a fan of the music. And then also like, you know, his stuff, even the second guitar player part is still pretty intricate you know what i mean and yeah. uh but overall just very fun material to play you know what i mean and um <clears throat> the guys in the band you know are just all killers yeah absolute <laughs> like monster players so it is uh <clears throat> to be up there ripping it with them is just amazing and what's funny too is like yeah my first shows with the band were in india which wow. is kind of wild, you know. That is kind of wild. <clears throat> yeah. You, you know, you yeah. talk about you talk about that international reach. You know, it, it's crazy because because we start to experience some of that where it's when the when the podcast starts getting mixed around and you know you look at the list and there's like you know thirty people in Sri Lanka downloading it every week and you're like, how did you find this? You know, like <laughs> where did that? Yeah. It's it's amazing, but it just goes to show the power of this kind of music is that you know that's uh it's something that that breaks all those cultural barriers and all the languages and you know the heavy metal uh, just overall it really is like a it's becoming a an international <clears throat> bridge no you're absolutely right i mean this was interval's first time performing in india and to get to witness the fan base that he had there on this first time was incredible and and the fans were extremely passionate at the shows and uh, they very, know they probably knew every bit every beat oh too. hell yeah they, they were <laughs> yeah. singing the melodies and yep. stuff like that and you know knew everyone's name and the gear they had oh know yeah what i mean and stuff like that and just they they knew it all and people knew me from entheos and scale of summit and just it was yeah there's definitely a fan base over there and it was just awesome to travel that far across the world you know what i mean and just have people come out and, and 
and appreciate the music. So yeah, because hey, sometimes yeah, what's that, bro? I'll, I'll really cut you off. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, cool thing that you're, you're talking about, Travis and Mike Mangini talks to us about this all the time, right? He's saying right now, Mike Mangini and Dream Theater saying they're playing the best music that they've ever played, and it's literally because they're just on a whole new high of vibing. And so, Travis, when you talk about like being with you know intervals and you guys just all vibe, like that's the biggest part. He knows that they, they know that you're capable. That's why they asked you. But it's just that that little bit more, which is vibing, which is why yeah. I think that's that's a cool thing that uh, you know what we talk about all the time, brother Jay, on the Everyman Podcast is just that that continuity, man. You know what I mean? That's yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, and Daryl, you said it way better because that's exactly like vibe. That's what I was trying to say was you know being a decent hanger, whatever. That's that's the way to describe it right there, is you know having that vibe, and. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it, it was awesome, man. Um, so much fun. You know what I mean? And yeah. You know what? You know what's kind of crazy to me, and, and I've I've I was just talking to uh, I, I was talking to Dusty about this, you know, out at Nam, but out at that show because, you know, I've watched like between the bury me, like use them for an example. Obviously, you're wearing a BT Bam shirt now, Daryl. Hopefully. I think he's going to get to see them for the first time because this next show oh, is an, on a weekday. Yeah. It's it's on a Tuesday, unfortunately, in Philly. But I think he's going to get to go to it. So, um, day off. So nice. so you know you know how like how dedicated <clears throat> their fans are, and I've seen that kind of grow and change and shift over the years. But the thing that I never would have expected, from like I said, the first time I saw Scale the Summit to now, is now there's like almost a dozen instrumental guitar driven bands that have that, oh, yeah. are, that are not only like popular but there's like normal looking chicks in the audience and there's a lot of them and it's like <laughs> like 5 6 7 years ago like these concerts it was just dudes and now they've there's like this whole new audience and I don't know I don't know if it's like if it's because of YouTube or social media or or what but like the this last BT Bam show with Chan and, and Intervals, it was like almost a 50-50 split. It was crazy. Have you noticed that, like, one, it's crazy that the instrumental music is as popular <clears throat> as it is, but two, like, this this shift in, like, like, there's girls there now. Yeah, I think a lot of that on this recent tour had to do with Chan, honestly. I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, they have really exploded, man, and I feel like their fan base is a little bit more broad than the average uh, it was like fan. A, dude, it was like you know a Coachella I mean? yeah. up up in the... Yeah. Like, I went up <laughs> yeah. in the in the balcony, and I'm watching, and, and there's, like, a girl with, like, a, you know, a bright yellow overalls and like a sun hat like all this weird shit and i'm like where did you come i've never seen you at a bt bam concert before yeah. <laughs> yeah certainly yeah um but it's awesome to see so many like I, me i mean i've just always been a fan of instrumental music even before skill oh yeah ever formed, ever formed. Um, used to be a lot harder to find it though exactly and like i'll never forget my dad played me um surfing with the alien by joe satriani like as a like right before I started playing guitar, so like around like I don't know eleven or twelve something like that. Nice. Uh, he had played me that, and just I just you know resonated with it. You know what I mean? And also liked other weird instrumental music, you know, and uh, classic rock type stuff. And definitely was a huge Liquid Tension. Oh yeah. You know, fans and you know and and Dream Theater and just everything. So I've just always loved instrumental music. So. <clears throat> 
um, it's awesome to see like so many great artists out there like like doing it. You know what I mean? Well, and like you know, back to Nam again this year. Animals as leaders was the main oh, yeah. act to open the show this year on the same stage yeah. that I saw Tower of Power play a couple nights mm-hmm. later. Like you know, I like saw like the first photos of that. Yeah, it, it, was, like, it was it was it was wild and it's just so cool to me to see these like i said you know i'm not trying to beat a dead horse but to see these these bands that are like uh on the cutting edge of not only like how how music can be produced and engineered on a sing like an individual level outside of this big system you know like everybody like all you guys are doing and and the kind of stuff that we did and um it's just it's cool to see the the these shredders kind of having their mainstream pop like proper moment yeah, I agree. It's great. And, you know, you're kind of tied into all these these guys. And something I wanted to ask you about is, you know, with a band like uh, Intervals, with a band like Anthios, they're kind of like, obviously everybody contributes, but it's clear that, like, that's Naveen, you know, and Chaney's, like, brainchild thing. You know, same thing Absolutely. with Intervals where that's, that's Aaron's thing. And then you're kind of coming in. And you, you had, uh, you know, you've had a lot of broad experience and everybody can look up, you know, they can find any, any of that information on any other source, uh, you know, about your, about your, your history with Scale Summit and everything. So um, what, what does it take to be an effective team player like you are? Because obviously, you know, something we talk about here, you know, naturally with the professional sports connection to professional music is, is yeah, there's that vibe, but there's also that mechanic aspect, which is, you know, can you get the job done and, and how you fit in? And I'm, I'm curious, you know, as, as a fellow, you know, uh, mechanic myself um, in the music game, how do you find your way sliding into these, you know, groups that clearly have, everybody's got egos, everybody's got artistic vision how, how have you made that work for yourself <clears throat> um man you know i don't know i personally have never been like the guy who is the main songwriter or like the main visionary of any band i've been in you know i've been a contributor to, to everything but that's just never been me you know what i mean and it hasn't been my absolute strong suit so with chris we would collaborate back in the day on the first few scale records and that was fun you know and it was it was good and then when that ended you know i dude i mean i was in that band 10 years you know what i mean really jammed with chris for a couple years before then so really like almost a dozen years and when that was kind of coming to an end i was like thinking like man maybe my touring might be over you know what i mean or like yeah I knew I kind of didn't really have it in me to like start a new band over from scratch. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, Oh, I know what you mean. I've been there, man. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) it's so hard. And so I was kind of coming to grips with all that. And, uh, funny little story, man. It's like my plan was, this was in spring of 2016. My plan was to, at the time, uh, Aaron had just released, uh, I guess he was still on. I don't remember what he had put out at that point. What I guess it was still touring on the Shape of Color, but he was doing the Plinterbles thing where he was using right. any and they yeah. were kind of tricking off, right? <clears throat> 
so I just kind of knew from the outside, like that's not going to be sustainable. <laughs> like he's not going to be able to like use that lineup forever, right? So I just picked up this tab book and just started learning the shape of color. And my plan was to like learn all, just gonna learn the whole record, and just hit up Aaron and be like, hey man, like need somebody. Like I know your, I know your whole record already. You know what I mean? Like holler at me. <clears throat> and so I started learning a few songs and it was like fun. I didn't ever tell him about it. You know what I mean? And then the next week the contortionist came through town with Entheos uh, on the tour. So I was just going to hang out with all my friends. You know, I'm friends with both those bands and go to check out the show. <clears throat> and at that show, um, Entheos basically kind of recruited me to, 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 possibly nice. play, to play guitar. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> and said that like all three of them kind of, we had some uh, drinks before the show and they're like, yeah, it's funny. Like, I don't know. I just asked how it was going. There we go. You know, it's going all right. But uh, we actually were wondering if you would want to play or whatever, something like that. And it's like, whoa, it's kind of like I didn't really expect that. Because like I said, like, even though I've known those guys for a long time, like, you know, I didn't know them super, super well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we were friends and everything, <laughs> but like we never jammed together, nothing like that. So I was like, oh, shit. Like, all right. So it just ended with Naveen sending me some tabs. And then like a couple days later, I'd send him a video of me playing, uh, perpetual miscalculations first track off infinite nothing and i didn't think i could play that stuff honestly because like it's scale tough, was, man. A, was a different vibe like scale had some moments that were you know heavy or technical or whatever but like it was a totally different vibe so i hadn't really played anything that extreme in a really long time you know so i was kind of unsure if i could do it and uh that was a situation where i just asked myself like look man like naveen and evan are like two of the sickest players out there and you go way back with them you gotta fucking try to do this you know what I mean so I, I, yeah so I just pushed myself dude you know what I mean and that was uh, getting everything is, the speed was the biggest hurdle for me at, at that time uh, just cause the music is just so fast and uh, kind of relentless on the on the picking oh, yeah. hand so uh, I had about two months to learn like a 35 minute set i think it was like seven songs <clears throat> and yeah i just like you know drilled myself until i did it and they had a tour coming up with intronaut and moontooth um and scale the last tour i did with scale just a few months before that was with intronaut and so i've toured with intronaut four times now and so i just say yeah man I'll, I'll do this tour we'll see where it goes from there and you know the vibe was there so nice (laughs) it's funny man you bring that you bring up that tour (laughs) with intronaut so i um like i mentioned so i i i think the first time i met naveen i was it was on the summer slaughter and i was hanging around with with the bt bam guys and i think he was there visiting somebody else and and blake was like bro um that dude right there he's a monster you need to pay attention to him and this was prior to entheos and uh, I was like, oh, okay. So and then I, I saw him do his thing. Like Naveen K was just him drumming. And I've told him this. Mm-hmm. Like that gave me the inspiration to start doing like my. I started doing my own like drummer, DJ gigs, and because uh, I realized like, oh well, it's possible to just be a drummer up there. And then uh, my band Extractus, we played on that show at the Voltage Lounge, and uh, Naveen recognized me, and uh, and then he he saw my the lights in my kit and came up to me. We were talking about that and. But uh, so we, we were on that bill at the Voltage Lounge and I remember seeing like I was that was, the f- I guess, the first time I saw Entheos and uh, shocked at how fast and brutal it was in person. Like uh, 
you know, a lot of um, a lot of bands in, in the, these kind of scenes, they they take it back a little step, which is totally understandable. You know, you, you can only um, it's, it's a lot harder to do that stuff, you know, live and it kind of separates everybody. But you guys, I mean, it's the it's as real as it gets. Um, and, and that's a credit, obviously, to, to the to the rhythm that you got they have going there. But uh, how how challenging has it been for you to like like you're saying, adapt to that? different playing technique in that whole different music scene uh i mean it's just one of those things you have to keep it it's like a workout you know what i mean it's like you you have to do it pretty frequently because otherwise it's just like it's a struggle to for at least for me personally the speed aspect of it and just like the endurance of of the songs um so but as far as like uh, the very uh the very first practice we um, had together went really well. And I think it may have even like surprised uh, everyone in the band a little bit. So um, it just went well. And, you know, we've been ripping it ever since. And, and then, you know, we, we did a, we toured in support of the infinite nothing um, and did a couple tours. And then, then we basically like had a little bit of time off and we, we wrote a record together. So as far as dark future went, that was really everybody, um, throwing stuff into the mix, you know, and and it was for me personally like the most fun I've ever had, like making a record like or music in general. <clears throat> it was just such a great time. Um, Naveen and I had demoed a couple songs that were Skype together, and I would just like send him riffs, and you know he would kind of incorporate it to stuff he had. And then we went to Nam, I think 2017, and then went back up to. Uh, to be in Cheney's spot in Santa Cruz for like only like eight days or something like that. But during those eight days, it was just work on music until you go to sleep. And we would only break for like, we would like get coffee in the morning and then just work on music all day, only break for food. And then, you know, and just did that for the, that entire time. And we basically kind of, uh, fleshed out the rest of the record during that time you know and evan threw in some parts and i threw in some parts and evan's one of my favorite bass players i, I yeah. told i told uh every time i see Navina, i always tell him I, I just hope i get to see that again you know that all, all, all you yeah. guys together again <laughs> yeah um he's incredible uh bass player so that was so much fun and then uh we basically broke for like maybe a month and a half or something. And then I went back out there and tracked the whole thing with Naveen and, uh, for like two weeks, maybe I think we spent tracking all the, all the guitars for dark future. So that was really, really fun. Um, and that's what happened with that one. And then we've just been touring, you know, quite a bit since then. So that's one of the things I really, I really admire about all you guys in, in Entheos is that, um, and, and, you know, like, a, like I was saying, we're going to have Cheney on here in a couple of weeks. Um, I had some questions about shipping out merch for the podcast. And uh, I was talking to her because she's like, oh, she was telling me I'm a merch expert at this point. And I was like, hey, what's the best <laughs> way to flat? She's like, oh, no, no. Only do flat rate if it's out. like she was like, it was like going to the mailbox store. You know, like she she hooked me up. But like, I, I love that you guys all uh, you're so hands on with everything. And you guys are truly like outside of, you know, the system. And um you know the way you guys record and write and all that stuff. I think is uh, it's really it's really inspiring, man. It's very cool. Yeah, Entheos is very 
DIY mentality. Um, you know, Naveen is, I always describe Naveen as like the MVP of the band. Like he, you know, not only is he like the main songwriter, but he also is like, you know, recording engineer. So as far as like, you know, do recording the actual music, you know, he's, he's the guy and Chaney runs the whole merch store and deals with all that. And, you know, and, and all the online social stuff and like, you know, just, yeah, it's uh very DIY and, <clears throat> That's the new. That's the new thing, though. I mean, if you yeah, if, if, if you can't do it, you know, there's some of these bands we know, uh, you know, that are kind of grandfathered in. But uh, you know, if you're gonna, be, I mean, even stuff like this podcast, you know, it's if if Daryl and I aren't doing it, it's not happening. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah, now moving forward, we're currently uh, free agents as far as record label goes. So that's, that's awesome. That's yeah, pretty exciting territory for us. Um, um, coming up for for the time being at least. So yeah. Sweet. Well, just keep, keep grinding on it, man. And, uh, you know, um, one, one of the things I'm curious about that we talk, we talk with, uh, with our guests here a lot about is, is kind of the mental health on the road. Cause I know, you know, from experience and Daryl travels quite a bit, uh, for, for his, for his gear at gig at uh, NFL films that, you know, there's, there's all that downtime, you know, like you're, you're traveling all this time to play a 45 minute gig or hour gig or whatever it is. Um, what do you do to kind of keep yourself, uh, positive and healthy and, on the right track when you're on the road man uh what entheos did on this we just, it's kind of new for us but i think we're definitely going to keep it going is when we were out with rivers of nile uh last spring we got everyone in planet fitness membership naveen may have talked about this on, on <laughs> yep. his episode i'm not sure but anyways it did wonders for us because we would just hit the gym every day before the show so you're getting a workout and a shower in pre, nice. pre-show. Two things feel, that are yeah. hard to come by on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're feeling good. You know what I mean? And they, we also traveled with like an Arctic cooler in the van so we could all, you know, kind of stock up on at least a few daily grocery items so you're not like eating, you know, complete garbage gas station food or whatever. You know, yeah. we try to just – try to do little things like that. Um, eat some green stuff. It's like, yeah, I know I when I'm on the road for a couple of days, it's like, Oh shit. And I, I have like a grape. I'm like, wow, I haven't had, <laughs> I haven't had one of these in a couple of days. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So we just do little things like that, that kind of go a long way. You know, um, the, the planet fitness thing really is a game changer. That's really, any, that's really smart. Any, that's you know, awesome. any band at all, or people that are traveling that are in, a van or something like that you know what i mean like it's just a game changer and also yeah it's like working out a little bit every day you know what i mean like i don't go as hard as naveen or cheney you know what i mean yeah, but he's like, swelled up now dude yeah <laughs> but uh i would definitely get in there and work out a little bit each day and like you know even just that like feels feels good so that's um, awesome great advice to anybody uh on the road or considering uh you know, a career path that might, might make you on the road. Maybe, uh, you know, a professional ma- magician on the on the circuit or something. I don't know. Hey, anything. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to find a. I'm, I'm trying to find a magician to come on the podcast. If you know any, just shoot him my way, Travis. I nice. will. That's uh, yeah. So speaking of uh, you know, magic and making things happen, I want to talk to you about Dream Theater a little bit because I know uh, it's kind of hard to find a you know young guitarist these days in that in that scene that's not uh heavily influenced by you know not only john petrucci but just dream theater in general um and you know i always kind of dig and dig into uh every our guest social media and i saw a really cool post of uh you backstage with john at the distance over time tour and then uh kind of a flashback to a photo when you were on prog nation back in the day 
and mm-hmm. uh, w- w- what's that like for you, like to uh, to do that? Not only, but uh, you know, w- what what is Dream Theater all about for you, man? Huge influence for sure. I mean, as far as Petrucci's playing, but um, that that tour, the Progressive Nation tour in two thousand nine, was technically Scale the Summit's first full U.S. tour. Yeah. Before that tour, we had done a little short two-week run where we played a few shows with um, this instrumental band called God is the Astronaut. Right? It was really short, and like most of the shows weren't super great. And then we did a two-week run with Protest the Hero, Misery Signals, and uh, the number 12 looks like you, like in the spring of 2009. Carbon Desert Canyons had just come out like a couple months prior. And then Love we, Protest. Then, yeah, it that that tour was amazing right and it was like the first real tour package that scale had done and so it felt great the shows were awesome but it was only two weeks so it was over like you know super fast and we had just put out carving and you know and all the stuff and we had like no potential other tours for the summer and we were honestly like all on a bit of a a bum out you know what i mean like just kind of man this is like we didn't really have a booking agent either at that time and we were just kind of like unsure of what was going to happen next. You know what I mean? Then out of nowhere, uh, huge shout out to Mike Portnoy because he is hands down the reason that Scale the Summit got to do that tour and handpicked us actually. And basically two of the band, like the tour was already announced. It was going to be Dream Theater, Zappa Plays Zappa, uh, Pain of Salvation, and a band called Beardfish, I believe. Yep. They were both on a record label called Inside Out, I think. And I think they may have had some financial troubles at the time and may have gone bankrupt or something like that. And both of those bands are European bands. So it costs a lot of money to come over here and do a tour of that size. So they really just couldn't afford it and unfortunately had to drop. But fortunately for us, we were one of the bands that got picked to replace them. And so next thing you know, a month before the tour starts, like we get a call from prosthetic our label at the time i was like oh you guys want to do prognation with dream theater and it's like uh what (laughs) what are we still doing sitting here (laughs) (laughs) and so it really came out it just fell on our lap man and portnoy was still in the band and he was very involved in like up and coming yeah you know uh, progressive metal type acts you know what i mean the year before that Prognation only happened two years, and the year before that was Opeth between the Baird and me and a band called Three, which is a really awesome band. And uh, so, yeah, he was very like you know into the to the next generation of prog players and all that stuff. So, yeah, we got asked to do that tour, and a month before it started, and next thing you know, we're like gearing up for it, and it was incredible, dude. I mean, it was like we're playing these. You've seen Dream Theater live, you know what it's like. Yeah, I mean, man. we're playing to these huge crowds and like these massive theaters, like amphitheaters and one place up in Canada was an actual arena, like the hockey arena. And there's all all these epic venues, you know what I mean? Like the tour ended at the Greek theater in Los Angeles. And this is in 2009. So I'm, I'm 24 years old. I'm like on cloud nine. I'm like touring with my, one of my guitar heroes, you know what I mean? And then also not like they were, so welcoming too. Like day They're one, awesome. yeah. James, yeah. James awesome. like coming up. You know, we get our tour passes. He's like, "Oh, you guys, take t- take a lanyard. You're gonna want a lanyard. You're gonna lose this thing." He's like, just kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, and we would, they would like uh, have 
um, you know, we would seek, we'd get catering together and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Sit down and like bullshit and stuff. And, and, uh, they're the, like their whole crew and each member was just like so welcoming and pro and to get to watch them every day. was just, you know, incredible. But on top of dream theater being there, Zappa Play Zappa was there and that yeah. band was all equally as incredible and had Dweezil and <clears throat> everyone that he had in the band at the time was just absolutely amazing and I was aware of Frank Zappa for sure but he's got a such a huge catalog I was not it's hard to it, it's really yeah. hard to get into Zappa it's funny because uh, I had a family member gave me uh, three CDs once when I was real young and it was Rage Against the Machine um, system of a Down's uh, Toxicity, and then Zappa plays or Zappa live in New York in '79, and like I just listened to those three albums, like I burned them out, man, uh, those yeah. CDs. And uh, <laughs> but I f- was obsessed with Zappa, you know, as a drummer because you know Terry Bozio was in there, and um, mm-hmm. and then he's talking about titties and beer, and I'm like 14, and I'm like, this is fucking, <laughs> this is hilarious. So like, I I got into Zappa like way early, and then my dad, like you know, he was a big Zappa fan, you know, back in the day, and um, yeah, I, I that uh, it's hard to get into, like I said, because there's so much. So like you, I remember a lot of people at that tour. You know, be, I was all, all, you know, all over the Mike Portnoy forums and stuff back in the day, and you know, I'm a huge Dream Theater fan, and uh, people, a lot of people, got turned on to them, like to Zappa because of that, you know, that mm-hmm. tour, and uh, obviously you guys, it's it's just, um, and, and as far as the professionalism thing goes, you know, Daryl and I have gotten to spend a lot of time, you know, around there uh, with them and, and see their operation, and it's it's crazy that uh, how how efficient and you know, professional and polite and, uh, it's, they're like machines. It's some unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Their whole, everything about their setup ran like clockwork each day. You know what I mean? And like, it was just cool to observe how a band at that level, you know, works, you know what I mean? And, um, it was just awesome to, to do. It was something I'll never forget. Absolutely. And, you know, that's crazy that it's already, over 10 years ago at this point. You know, I know, but. I know it's, uh, <laughs> it makes me feel old, uh, yeah. thinking about it, but, uh, it's, it's certainly been, it's certainly been awesome. So, um, you know, as we wind down here, uh, what other, you know, what kind of stuff do you do outside of music to, uh, to occupy your time? Do you have any hobbies or anything you get into, uh, outside of music? Um, I like to get outdoors when I can. Um, Houston's pretty dang flat <laughs> um, but <laughs> i like to get out in the mountains when i can you know what i mean so it usually involves me making a driver uh a flight somewhere but i like to do any type of uh you know, hiking or backpacking when i can camping that type of stuff Sweet. and get up in the mountains when i can you know um but other than that that's pretty much my main hobby i'd say you know guitar and that shredding gnar um, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um i'm not to uh bring up some you know somber stuff but i feel like we should maybe as prog fans here and uh maybe give a shout out to sean reinhardt who recently passed and uh yeah that was uh that was tough and and daryl so sean reinhardt was uh and he's 46 years old as a drummer for a band called death and uh cynic and uh death pretty much invented uh, a genre of of music and uh yeah, he he passed away this this uh, this past weekend, and it's it's crazy. Wow. You know, Neil Peart and uh, Sean Reinert, you know, right right after that, and you know, 
of, of course. Yeah. And then today, right before we're getting ready to record, you know, Kobe Bryant. I know, man. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's we were we were kind of all, you know, what do you what do you even what do you even say other than you just you kind of you you, um, you respect the, yeah, you the just their like work more. that they did, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Were you a cynic fan? Oh yeah. Um, How Scale could you not be? To, yeah, right. Yeah, Scale got to tour with them twice, man, and I feel extremely lucky that uh, I got to do that. Um, one of them, I don't know if you caught this tour back in the day. Uh, it was 2010. It was between the Buried and Me, Cynic, Devin Townsend. Fuck yeah, that's the first place Scale I saw seven. That's the first place I saw Dev. And I, I, that, I, you caught the Philly show? Yeah, at the truck. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, dude, that was the only time I've ever got to perform there, and like I, I dude, the truck. Very memorable show for me. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. The track's closed. I did. Yeah, that's why I said I only got to play there the one yeah, time. Yeah, I, I, lucky for me, man, I, I got to perform there several times, and uh, it's it was one of my favorite favorite venues growing up. But I saw, dude, I saw so many bands. Like, I mean, you know, I've probably seen you guys like a, a, a version of a band you've been in there. You know, uh, yeah, you know, all over the years and. I've seen BT Bam there, you know, probably half a dozen times, and Meshuga, Lamb of God, you know, uh, all that. But yeah, Cynic was—they uh, were phenomenal. And if you, if anybody listening, uh, you know, they—they kind of—they—it's weird. They—they they were. It was Death, and then the the leader of Death passed away, and then they kind of spun off into Cynic years later, and then took a huge like ten year break, and then came back again, and then went away, and I guess now that's. You know, probably not going to ever happen again. Yeah, but uh, definitely check out Cynic. Yeah, I saw them with uh, yeah that tour. I also saw them with Dragon Force up at the Croc Rock um, nice. in Allentown, PA. That was a that was a banger. Um, but yeah, man, uh, total 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 dagger. Um, but uh, it's tended tended on a on a kind of a positive note there. Um, I know you're a uh, you're a Jackson guitar artist. Uh, you've got some sick Charvels I saw there on uh on your instagram and obviously i was you know the gear alone um and that the guys in intervals all you guys had was was pretty spectacular um where can uh everybody you know keep up with you on social media are you doing lessons uh anything like that where where can everybody keep up with you um my instagram's just my name travis levere and you can shout out me there and i do lesson still uh in houston if you're in the houston area and on skype and stuff like that so you just hit me up on instagram and and yeah we can set something up if you're into that and other than that uh, i think entheos has some dates coming up that uh aren't announced yet but will be um in the near future so keep an eye out for that coming to a uh, town near you i hope yeah hope so and also new music in the near future as well from entheos so that's awesome well can't wait to see you guys on the road soon Travis, it's been an absolute pleasure, my man. We'll uh, we'll catch you down the line, brother. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Bye.